Happy New Year. I've spent the last couple of weeks enjoying my family, eating good food, drinking some wine, riding my bike, and kicking back a little more than usual. I hope you've been able to do some of the same. This is the time of year that we're all used to setting goals, starting new projects, and making the changes we've been meaning to for ages. For those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, we're also staring down the barrel of the cold and dark months. Ah, yes. The distraction of plotting and planning is very much appreciated. And to make effective plans for 2019, you need to be in the loop about what in the communications industry is likely to be most important. Of course, I have some thoughts on that. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. All right, let's talk about the trends for 2019. As a communications professional, it's important to not only be in the loop about the changes in the industry, but to be familiar enough with them to be able to advise your clients or executives, make good and informed decisions, and explain your reasoning for all of it. When things are changing dramatically month after month, that's a really tall order. But I know you can do it. We're in this together. What I think is going to be the most important to pay attention to in 2019 are chatbots, voice search, and transparency and vulnerability in the face of fake news. That's only three things. You can handle three things. Okay, I actually think there are more trends that are going to be important, such as influencer marketing and better metrics, but we can start with these three. Okay, so first, chatbots. I love chatbots. I talked in the last episode about how surprised I am that they didn't take off more last year, but I think that's going to change. Did you know the click-through rate on a chatbot is 80%? 80, 80%. When's the last time you sent an email that got an 80% click-through rate? With the promotions tab vacuuming up most of our messages, not even 80% of your list will receive an email, let alone click through on it. But it's not the chatbots on your website that I love so much. It's the Facebook Messenger bot that allows you to buy without leaving the social network. It's the text messaging bots that allow you to schedule deliveries or appointments. Do I see use for them on your site? Sure, eventually, but I don't think they're there yet. What I would do this year, though, is think about how you might use tools such as Mobile Monkey to launch a Facebook Messenger bot. A common fear about chatbots is that they're intrusive at best and they'll take over everyone's job at worst. On the best end of the scale, they're getting far more intelligent than in the beginning. Most of you have probably had a conversation with a chatbot without even realizing it. That's how smart they've become. On the worst end of the scale, they're going to take over a lot of jobs. And really, that's okay. They can take over the simple repetitive work we do. It's far more efficient for all of us. And truthfully, wouldn't you rather let a bot help you answer the same questions you get over and over and over again? I know I would. Embrace the robot overlords. They will help you. Now let's talk about the not a person we're all going to get to know better in the next year voice search systems. Something really cute and really amazing happened in my house not too long ago. My small one wanted to know all about rattlesnakes. Let's be honest. I don't care about rattlesnakes. I don't want to know about rattlesnakes. I'm kind of grossed out by rattlesnakes. If I ever saw a rattlesnake, I'd probably freak out. So not my area of expertise. So we asked, Alexa, 
as you know, I can't say her name out loud. <laughs> we asked her, we said, tell us about rattlesnakes. And she's told us where they're from, where they live, what the kinds of climate they like. And then we said, what do they eat? And we continued the conversation with her about rattlesnakes. Turns out they actually live in the United States. There are some in Illinois. I'm telling you, if I ever see one, I'm going to like burn my house down or something. But I don't think they live in Chicago. Thank heaven. But we did learn a lot about rattlesnakes. And then it became pretty funny because she was asking Alexa things like, how far can they climb? Where would I be safe? If I climbed on the roof of my house, could they get me there? If I was in the top bunk of my bunk bed, would they get me there? So it was pretty funny to have that conversation with her and our voice assistant about rattlesnakes. But it's not all kids in National Geographic. According to Adweek, almost a quarter of all homes are going to have a voice-assisted device this year. That's a massive slice of the market. And if you want to capture any of it, you have to optimize your content for voice search. It is, of course, pretty similar to search engine optimization, which you're most likely already familiar with. But there are a few key differences you should get in the habit of. Number one, write the way people talk so that when your content appears in search results, it sounds natural. Number two, create content that answers when, how, what, and who questions. This is the format that most voice search systems will be using, so make sure your content is answering the questions they're asking. Number three, think small. You want to create content that a specific user will be looking for, answering a question or solving a problem for them. Voice search is all about individuals, not demographic groups. It's also a lot of fun to create question and answer content. Think about questions your clients or prospects have asked you in the past. Anything they've brought up is a potential opportunity to appear in voice search results. Answering real questions that people have asked takes a lot of the guesswork out of things. A few weeks ago, Andy Crestedina and I co-hosted a webinar for SEM Rush. And during the webinar, he said, let me show you something. And he did a screen share. He actually went on to SEM Rush. And he brought up Quora and he started putting in things like influencer marketing and media relations just to show what kinds of questions were being asked on Quora so that you knew what kinds of content to create around the topic. Really smart way of using a tool like SEMrush. Moz would also do that, M-O-Z, Moz, in a way to figure out what questions are already being asked so that you can create content for them. And then that brings me to the last trend I want to talk about today, being transparent, real, open, and vulnerable in a sea of fakeness. You know by now that we live in the era of fake news, but which news is fake and why is it fake and what if someone thinks something is fake but it's real or vice versa and can't we just go back to before we had social media and the man in the White House claiming that everything was fake news? We can't, unfortunately. It's here it's likely not going anywhere, and neither is the suspicion of fake news. As a content creator, you have to deal with the fact that some people who read what you publish are going to take it with a grain of salt or the whole shaker. So how will you connect with an audience when they have little to no reason to believe what you publish? By being even more open, transparent, and vulnerable. You need to be honest and you need to let people know why you are doing what you are doing and saying what you are saying. Content consumers are more sophisticated than they have ever been. They know you have a motive beyond selflessly giving them content. So just be upfront about it. A couple of years ago, we had somebody on our team 
who was accused of plagiarizing another person's content. We did some research and it looked to us that that wasn't the case at all. And so we went back to the person who was claiming this and we said, we're really sorry. Here's what we've done. We don't think that that's the case at all. Please accept our apology. You know, and we tried to make it right with him, but at the same time, back up our employee and show that we believed her and that she hadn't plagiarized it. Well, fast forward about five or six months later, and we were introduced to a new tool that allowed us to check content that we actually use now consistently, check content against other kinds of content to see when it was first published and whether or not it was plagiarized. And so we were doing an audit of the whole site, of the whole of SpinSucks, the entire site. And this particular blog post was in that audit and it came up that it was 98% plagiarized and that this other person had published it before we did. And when I went back to the employee, it came out that yes, it had been plagiarized. So horrible situation, horrible situation for me as an employer, horrible situation for me as somebody who you know wants to trust and believe what my colleagues have told me, but also because I was pretty adamant with this guy and said, look, you know, here's what we've done and it's just not the case. I wrote a blog post and I said, here's what's happened and I'm really sorry. I went back to the guy and I apologized and I, you know, I tried to make it good with him. Of course, he wanted us to pay him and all this kind of stuff. So there was all of that piece of it too. But we were really transparent about what had happened, why we believed it in the beginning, and then how we found out that it wasn't true in the end. And it was really painful, <laughs> but it allowed us to be really transparent and really honest. And I think it actually gained us some points with even some of the critics among our community. So that's the point is you just have to be upfront about things. Nobody's perfect. People make mistakes. When you're transparent and honest about that kind of stuff, it actually helps you in the long run. So do your plans for this year include getting ready for more voice searching, using chatbots to reduce your repetitive tasks and engaging in some radical transparency? If so, good for you. If not, think long and hard about whether you're going to wish you were on board. I want to hear how you're using these trends in your communications plans this year. So join us in the SpinSucks Slack community at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. It's free and it's awesome. Here we go, 2019. Let's do it. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the SpinSucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review.